It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Thank you. Welcome to Done Being Single. Where you can be you and I can be me and we can be we. And we are all free to be you and me. me. Remember that show? No. Okay, it was a kids' show. It was like public access or PBS. It was, was it free like, to be you and me. It was like a Sesame free Street. Free to be you and me. Right. So, Fraggle Rock or no? It was free to be you and me, and that's the topic of our show today. I it, just decided that's the topic of the show. Well, free to be you and me. How nothing like to last be, minute topics. No, no, so. no. It's something. Uh, uh, the title will come to me, but the topic I know the the theme is how. To be you without scaring people away. How? Okay. How to be your authentic self while you're dating or in a relationship without scaring the shit out of someone. Wow, that's a scary topic. I would I would think that's pretty important because I've often wondered: Can I be me with this new person? How can I be the real me with this new person? Whereas the last person I was just with. I didn't feel I was really me. I want to be more me. Aren't you I... always you? You're I, so comfortable. I, You're I so comfortable being you. I am, but I always feel like when you when you got out of a relationship, you try to do things that are going to be more authentic than you were in the last one. You want to be more real. You want to be more present. You want to be there in the face of that relationship and, and more than you were in the last one. And why and why weren't you in the last one? I, maybe I Did held you... back. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I was not feeling the chemistry, so I wasn't feeling comfortable being who I feel most comfortable being. Because you felt you were intimidating or you felt that you were too much or that you felt that it wouldn't be reciprocated? Mm, it's it's possible that I didn't answer feel... those three questions. <laughs> yes, the first one, third, and second. I think that it was possibly because I didn't feel the person I was with was deserving of all I was. So maybe I held back. Maybe I didn't. I, maybe it just wasn't natural for me to be expressing myself as myself. I might have been doing something different. I might have been. I. This is very interesting. Suppressing I'm, some I don't things. normally wouldn't associate that, those feelings with you, because you seem to be, you are such a self-possessed, secure guy. And yeah. you're so you, you're so you. Uh, did you, are you, you with me? Certainly. <laughs> I mean, right? I, you're I, not holding I, back you, with me. You've... I don't feel I'm holding back at all. So. I'm the most authentic I've ever been with anybody with you. I think you are. Well, I, I, I don't know who, who else. Did you did you think, I mean, from the very beginning, I felt that you were very comfortable with me. Very. And it didn't scare me. It didn't make me go screaming like a goat. <laughs> uh, no, it didn't. I didn't feel like screaming like a goat either. But, yeah. but I, it, you know, have you not felt that 
you were with somebody and maybe you weren't really able to be <sighs> hello your like everyone most before you person? like okay. everyone that came before you yes so but thank you uh, that you 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 officially shot your load with me <laughs> uh, you did i mean you really were so open and authentic and um, honest I think from the very beginning, I didn't get anything that you were not scared and certainly not scared, certainly not intimidated or by me or inhibited to be who you are. No, I never. But there are a lot. But yes, I was in a lot of relationships where I felt like, oh, shit, I can't really be me. And I can't really tell them express honestly what my needs are because I had a fear that they were going to run for the hills and go screaming like a goat. Did you find that when you were able to try to be your authentic self, that that was the result people did run for the hills? I think they didn't. They did. They kind of emotionally ran for the hills, and they made it so obvious that they couldn't do the job that they left me no choice than to exit myself. So that's how the last however many relationships went before I met you. So it was probably a fear for you to be yourself because the result was it was a guys little, escaping and yes and therefore PTSD was mm. created and you know we I talk about it in great detail uh, with you and how you and I how you came to propose to me because I thought that we were having that conversation about moving in and right at that point at that six month point where most guys you know hit the road and I thought that's where, where you were going to go and so but you, no but you didn't go there you actually didn't you stayed and wanted to hit the road with me Take... <laughs> yes I've uh, yeah I've actually that did not happen that no I thought about it you did not no I did not no, but I you get you, you understand what I'm saying. I do. So so I thought that at a certain point, if if I dare to make my feelings known, and if I dare to ask for what I think I need and want, that is just you know going to end in a crash and burn, or so someone we, peeling out. So when we started dating, did you feel that you were your most authentic self mm -hmm. with me early on, or was there? Did you parse it out a little bit just to kind of give me a little bit, make sure I was okay with it, and give me a little no, more? No, I. I was my authentic self because I felt like um, I didn't have any fear going in. Wow. And fear can fuck everything. Sure it can. just fucks up everything. Uh, we, I we, mean, yeah. uh, and I was, I didn't come into it with fear like, oh my God, oh my God, is this going to work? Is it going to last? Is he going to hang out? Is he going to stay? Am I going to leave? Am I going to be forced to leave? I didn't have any of those feelings. You know what you told fear to do? Go fuck itself. Get the fuck out right now. Oh, pretty close. That is Cheers exactly to that. what you said. Pretty I think close. You said you, Did I mention yes. that we are drinking? Oh, uh, yes. Did Mr. I mention Fear? I'm a drunken lush? Uh, well, yeah, you didn't, but... Uh, You're a drunken lush. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think there's been an episode that you haven't played that sound. <laughs> You're despicable. So, well, I find it really fascinating, though, that... And, and I'm honored that you presented your authentic self to me early on, which is what made me fall in love with you. Or whoever you did present. Where is that person? 
Oh, she's she's right. If you hadn't, if you didn't see her before, you're gonna see her. You've seen her now, recently, lately, and oh, you know what? F you. Okay. Oh, by the way, I should mention that fear it it comes and goes, right? Well, yes. It takes it it's it takes a secure person to stay secure, even in a relationship. And and there are times when yeah, I I get oh my god, it could still happen. I know there there are no guarantees. I, I think you've been you, you you mentioned PTSD because you hit that six month mark with certain guys, and you just are triggered to feel as if that is the end point, not the continuation, or it's going to get better from now. It's usually where it falls apart for some reason, and that's yes. because the person you were with and yourself you were not on the same. Mm-mm page at the same pace and we've talked about this in the past yeah that people need to be hand in hand at the same pace with each other in order to proceed to the next level of every relationship if one person is pulling one person is pushing yes it's not gonna work it's uh you know you could you can say that um compatibility is this that and the other you know we like the same food we like the same music we have the same values we have the same political views we have the same religious background no 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 i mean yes 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 and yes those are all helpful things to yes but but uh really the biggest indicator of compatibility is to me common goals a shared vision of the future and when you got that that bodes well. That's an auspicious beginning because, um, and, and then, you know, the flip side of that is that there's no guarantees anything's going to last. We know that. We know that. I mean, hopefully, we will, hopefully, but... There's no proof of anything. There's no proof of uh, anything. Right, Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> we just go on faith and we... we Trump is a fucking idiot. I just didn't need... We needed to hear that. Okay. That's that trigger finger. You can't I'm help sorry. yourself. It's just, wow. You just, that's okay. You know, I love that about you. Mm-hmm. you like my that's your authentic self coming out. It, it kind of is. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's not my authentic self. <laughs> I, hit, I hit the wrong button. I meant to go. <laughs> that's my authentic self. All right. Anyway, so as usual, we're getting into some heavy stuff, some deep shit. Are we? Yes, and but, you know, as we do tend to do here at Done Being Single, we're going to keep it light and mm-hmm. fun and have fun with it. <laughs> And because we're going to get into why, how you can be you. Why, how you can be you. That meant how to be you and not be afraid to be you and not fear that you're going to make someone run away. I think it's a really worthy subject that we have not really tackled on the show. We've been, you know. Because it's hard. And and, and let me just tell you something, people. That's so hard. Just because you're in a relationship or just because you're married, okay, the anxieties and the fears, they're still there. You still get them every once in a while. You're, you know, you do. you're you're only human. Uh, just saying, I, you know, it's a process. Sometimes we have stuff that gets dredged up from our past. Yes. Sometimes things get triggered mm-hmm. from our childhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we play them out in our re- relationships. I said I'm sorry, so shut up. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> that works. <laughs> Uh, what, um, so we're gonna, we're gonna. This is gonna. This, we're going there today. Oh, we're going. I, I, I know we're going there, and this is really valuable because I think that it, it's a security issue. I think within us that enables us to be our most authentic self. 
or a lack of security within us that keeps us from being authentic. And we are going to have some guidance today. Yes, we are. Uh, yes, we have found the best, the most perfect guest to talk about this, to help us understand, break it down. And we're going to bring her on right after the break. I'm not even going to tell you who it is. What? It's a surprise? Well, no. No, it's not a surprise. Because I want to share her with the world. Well, yes. <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah, and when you go to yourself. when you go to her website, you'll see immediately why she's so awesome. Okay. Okay. So uh, we are going to go to our first break, and then we will be back with our guest, who is a surprise. So we'll be right back. And we are back. And it is my honor to introduce Madeline Charles. She cracked the code on attracting the right relationship. She knew she had to share her wisdom with the world. By blending her professional experience as a licensed psychotherapist with intuitive guidance, Madeline shares equal parts practical and spiritual guidance to support women in receiving a secure, healthy partnership. When not coaching, Madeline can be found in the mountains of Colorado living a vibrant, love-filled life. Wow. Welcome, Madeline. And I just want to say, to know Madeline is to love her because if you go to her website, on her homepage, she lets it rip. Uh, <laughs> she like, puts uh, it uh, emotionally, yes. She, uh, yes. Uh, she really talks openly about her struggles right there. And well, this is why well, I handpicked her for this episode. Okay. Well, so, Madeline, Madeline, welcome. Hello, Madeline. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> no farting sounds on my website, but yes. Oh, really? <laughs> well, she does live in Colorado. She does in Colorado. So I went to your website, and I, I was so touched. I was moved. You speak openly about your struggles and relationships and exactly about this issue, and I want you to share with our audience your experiences and epiphanies about what you learned and what you, you know, just how you got over it all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So thank you. I think that's a great place to start. And you're so right. I am an open book. I feel like if there's anything anyone can learn, I'm happy to just relay my painful moments in, in hopes of supporting people to not repeat those kinds of patterns. So yeah, you know, I was like the epitome of an anxious dater, highly insecure and always attracting those emotionally unavailable men and really not understanding what it was. And I had a really hard time looking at myself and my own patterns. It was always just blaming them, you know, pointing the finger and and just really feeling empty and wondering why I couldn't make things last. It was just a lot of heartache and confusion. And I had to do a lot of, of digging. I mean, honestly, it was after like three consecutive dead end dating patterns, like three different men that like, they all kind of ended in the same way that I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> there has to be a common denominator. And of course it's me and doing some of that digging and soul searching and coming to understand what I really teach on now, which are attachment styles. And so that was the huge breakthrough for me was recognizing, holy moly, I am like the textbook edition of anxious attachment where I really lose myself in relationships. I would really fantasize about that person and put them up on a pedestal and be like, oh yeah, like this is, you know, I'm five steps ahead in my mind compared to like where we were actually at. I had a really hard time speaking up and making my needs known, setting boundaries, effectively communicating. And so I would find myself in the situations where 
my whole body would be like, this is so wrong. What are you doing? But some part of me would get activated of like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is your person. You know, this is better than no one. And I really just lost my footing in that. So going through the process of uncovering, okay, I have this anxious attachment. Now, how the hell do I move into secure attachment where I can actually receive the type of relationship I'm looking for, something where I can be my authentic self, like you guys were sharing, and not feel afraid of that, really lean into vulnerability. It was a practice. And I would love to share a couple of the the steps that I took to get there. Please. So one of those things was just having like a hard stop. It was almost like having to go cold turkey from an addiction (laughs) because I think I was quite addicted to some of the patterns of reaching out to people that I knew were going to give me the runaround or, you know, spending time with people that would just give me little crumbs of attention. And so I had to just do a hard, clean stop and say, I I refuse to be involved with someone until I figure this out. And I I then looked at how am I showing up in other areas of my life? Because it's, I'm certainly not siloed to romantic relationships. And so I was seeing, okay, with my, with my family, with my friends, my work relationships, there were similar patterns here. You know, I was not setting boundaries or speaking my truth. And so I started practicing in some of those relationships that were already there and established and kind of found my footing with those things. So then I felt like, okay, you know, I've, I've had some hard conversations that were long overdue with some of the close people in my life. And I'm kind of, I'm feeling more confident. I'm feeling like I can do this. And I'm learning that it's less about being concerned if that other person is going to abandon or reject me. Like I really got to make sure that I'm not doing that to myself first and foremost. And so I built up this sense of self-trust of like, no matter what happens outside of me, I'm going to have my own back. I can stand strong in who I am. I can have compassion for myself as I'm figuring this all out. And once I got into that place and kind of took the pressure off that romantic partner to kind of be everything to me and meet all my needs and be this knight in shining armor, that's when I was like, okay, I feel like I can go on dates and and feel non-attached, low pressure, just have fun, be curious. And that's when I saw everything change. So, Tell us, what does it mean to be your authentic self? Mm, I love that question. So I think it's it's allowing yourself to feel the full human experience, the, the full human uh, spectrum of emotions, and not shaming or blaming yourself for that, and also not projecting those things, but letting letting all sides of you be seen in a way that's going to support what feels true to you. And so that's where I, you know, I really do emphasize boundaries and communication and those kinds of things, because I think you can be authentic and make sure that it's not coming from that triggered place. Oh, okay. I have a, I have a follow-up question. Okay, Madeline, I'm so curious. Did you have, did you, did you work with a coach or a therapist? That's the first question. Mm. Yeah. So actually, as you, as you shared in my bio, I'm, I'm a, I am a therapist myself and a coach and it's, it's ironic, right? I mean, I helped people with this type of issue for years <laughs> and still had my own blind spots. Um, and so I did go to a couple of therapists, but honestly, uh, you know, I've transitioned into coaching for a reason. So I go into a couple of therapists. It was somewhat helpful, but it wasn't until I hired a business coach and she actually just straight up called me out and was like, honey, you have an issue with intimacy. And I was like, what? And I, that, that really was the turning point where, you know, we were talking in terms of business, but that's when I was like, okay, there's a common theme here that I really need to look at. 
I love that. I love enlightenment in the most unlikely places. Mm-hmm. That's like an epiphany where you least expected it, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I no, I'm so about I, I'm so everything I am about that and uh, how the universe works and gives you what you need when you need it. So Madeline, what is it about authenticity that causes people to either shy away from it or run away from it if you're witnessing it? Mm. So I think that honestly most people don't know how to be with themselves fully. Like they just haven't learned to be with all of who they are. And so when they sometimes see someone in their authentic truth, you know, really kind of radiating and owning who they are, owning all sides of themselves, if someone else hasn't come to terms with that within themselves, it's going to, that's just going to be like too much. You know, it's going to trigger something in them that's like, nope, I can't go there. They're hitting on something in me that I don't want to look at or I haven't faced yet. And so I think that that's often what causes people to shy away. And if you are exposed to that in somebody who you may be sitting across the table from, it could cause you to be uncomfortable because this person is being so real with you that you may feel you have to reciprocate, but it's not, doesn't come easy to you to do that. So I'm curious as to how, you know, how can people be more of their authentic self? Yeah. Yeah. So I think authenticity and vulnerability go hand in hand. And so I think it's also giving yourself permission. I love to just say permission because none of us have it all figured out and it's okay to feel like you're kind of stumbling through a situation or you're not quite sure why something's coming up. You can't quite put your finger on, um, or you're having some kind of reaction to something, um, just owning it. And I say just to always be curious and compassionate about it, curious about what's coming up and then compassionate about the way that you're sharing it. And so not to expect that you're gonna have all the answers in the moment, but you could just share, you know, I want to sit with what you were just talking about. There's something coming up in me. I'm going to take some time to process it. And, you know, I would love to come back and and chat it out with you. So yeah, I recommend something like that. I just have to ask you, Madeline, the skills were when you had this epiphany with your business coach, and she told you that you needed to work on this, or you had an issue with intimacy. Did you have the skills already in you, or did you have to build them? Hmm. You know, I think actually this is a great question because speaking of authenticity, I think for a long time I I looked for the answers outside of myself. Like I just wanted someone to give me that quick fix and I resisted slowing down. I mean, that was the whole thing was I wanted to just rush and get to the bottom line of like, what's going on with people? I don't want to be in the muck, in the middle ground, um, slowing down. And so I think it was easy for me for a while to feel resistant and frustrated of like, you know, business coach, tell me what's wrong. And, and she would just always put it back on me. And it took a lot of digging, journaling, you know, being alone in nature. Um, just again, that curiosity and compassion with myself to be like, what is actually happening? And, um, a lot of retracing, you know, my childhood and, and putting pieces together that I hadn't quite looked at before, but then also looking at, okay, presently and moving forward, what are my opportunities to break these patterns? Okay. We have uh, about a minute left. Just quickly, I'm, I'm curious, when you are feeling that you are your authentic self and you're with somebody who is not, how can you help bring that out in the other person? Is it possible? 
Yeah, yeah. And so here's the thing for anyone listening who identifies with more of that anxious or insecure dating kind of template. You know, we tend to kind of scan for red flags or scan for signs that our partner or whoever is kind of pulling away or getting distant, that we're losing the connection. So, you know, it's a skill to learn how to kind of hone that in and like reel that in and not let that kind of take over. But it's also a a beautiful gift because we're so tapped into what's happening. And so if you're noticing that someone kind of has a guard up or or they're, they're kind of disconnecting from you, I'd like to say you just bring that up. Like, hey, I feel like I'm kind of losing the connection or kind of just made a look. What what was that about? And again, asking curiously, non-judgmentally. But I think the biggest piece is doing your part to ask and inquire. And ultimately, if that person is unable or unwilling to meet you in some form to kind of come forward with that, then taking that information, you know, like knowing the line between prying and inviting in more intimacy and connection. I like that. I think that's Mm -hmm. very honest and upfront. Very healthy. I think it's going to help. We have to go to our second break. So let's do that right now. And we'll be back with more Madeline Charles. We are back with Madeline Charles. I have a follow-up question to the last segment. I have to say that feeling vulnerable is the scariest shit ever. Okay? It is really hard for some people to let go. This is why falling in love is so damn scary. Because you you are truly falling, and um, you're for people, exposed. yes, you're and just out there. you and yes, and there's no net, right? Except to the the net that is you. You are your own net. You provide your own safety and, and secure, and, and your it, partner does too. Well, but it you should. can't. But you you know, at the end of the day, especially when you're dating, you don't know that yet. You don't know what no, your partner no. has or doesn't have. I don't even know if this is a question. I don't even know where I'm going with this. I just wanted to say that. Okay. Yes. Anyway, um, you're, you're, I just want to say to everybody listening that you're not alone. Even the best of us, you know, it's uh, the strongest and the best and the most successful and whatever. We still struggle. We struggle with feeling unloved or, or scared or vulnerable and or being exposed. Um, it's not. It's not. It's not unusual to. <laughs> Sorry, I had to break into song. Okay, Okay, Madeline, can I ask you a question? Please. I'm so glad there's a question in there. Okay. You talk a lot about someone's specific blueprint. Can you explain? Yes. Yeah, so attraction blueprint. So I really... I take this from attachment theory, and so I'll just share briefly in case that's a new term to anyone. And I touched on it earlier, but attachment theory, it really helps us understand our kind of default programming around the type of people that we tend to draw on kind of our default type that we kind of, we have unconsciously really. And so three main types, anxious type, which I am a, for sure. And that, and that's the type of women that I typically work with. So, so am I. Uh, so am I. Trevor is yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, I love what you're saying, just like owning it, you know, knowledge of power. So just equipping yourself with the information around what this looks like for you. And so again, it's that deep rooted fear of rejection and aban- abandonment, feeling like you're going to be too much or needy or high maintenance if you expose more of who you really are. And so what that tends to do is draw in those avoidant attachment style people who ultimately feel very overwhelmed and, and stifled by more intimacy and connection. And so they like to 
be independent and do their own thing. And they can only kind of take so much at a time for them to feel safe and secure. And so it becomes this very push and pull toxic dynamic. And what I find with the anxious blueprint women is, you know, they end up feeling like it's all my fault. I did something to run this guy off, but ultimately less about taking it all onto yourself and more about understanding those avoidant type of people. That's just how they're wired. And it doesn't have to be good or bad. That's just where they're at. But instead, instead of getting caught up on what is it about me, it's just about reorienting yourself towards understanding what it would be like to be with someone who is more secure. And so that's the third attachment type. And so I support people with getting from anxious more into secure where you're feeling like I can be myself. I got, I am my own safety net. You know, yes, I want to throw my, my whole heart and soul into this partnership. However, if for some reason it doesn't last, I'm going to be okay. And I think that that's the biggest underlying piece when you think about opening up and being vulnerable it's, are you still going to be okay at the end of the day, regardless of how this plays out? And when you can answer yes, that is where your personal power activates. Oh, hell yes. And if you answer oh. no, hold on a second. It, yes. I mean, my, my question is, what if you're insecure? What if you do, do not have that inner security that allows your inside self to be your outside self as well? What if there is a conflict there? Okay. And then how do you communicate if that's the case? How do you communicate that to the person you're dating or in the relationship with? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, those are such great questions. Okay, so the, the first thing, I'll answer the first question real quick. So, you know, I just, I like to say that even though we have these kind of default attraction blueprint blueprints that are developed from birth, I really feel like our true essence is that of security. So when you can remember that it's just a matter of peeling back the layers, like everything that you've learned that's brought you to this point and remember kind of your true essence around love and relationships, I think that that's very helpful. So it's not getting stuck in, I'm always going to be this way. It's this black and white thing. I'm doomed to, you know, be anxious forever. Um, and so part of the way that you work through that, and I, I have to tell you both, I have, I have, I, I've lost count of how many conversations I've had with my partner that have started with me saying, this feels extremely vulnerable for me to share. I'm, I'm very nervous right now about how you're going to feel. Honestly, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Uh -huh, uh -huh, <laughs> I've, uh -huh. I've started many conversations like that. And it honestly, it just helps me to own my experience to just kind of name it out loud. And it also gives him the insight to know this is where I'm at. How has that um, worked out? For, I'm, sure, I'm sorry. How has that worked out when you've asked that question in advance? When I've said that this is it, vulnerable for me to share. Right. What, what has been the overall response has it been positive is it has it worked out is has it been negative yeah yeah so i'll say that in past relationships that have failed when i've brought this up it, it has sent them running and that's been the indicator for me of like okay that's the information i really needed here in my current partnership i think that it allows my partner to really deepen into being able to meet my needs in the way that he best can because I'm giving him a window into, hey, this is hard for me, you know, but I'm, I'm bringing this up because it's an attempt to strengthen our connection and really own my experience. I think it's great. I think it's a wonderful kind of a heads up. Uh, yeah, and yeah. You're, you're letting your partner know, you know, this is going to be difficult I for love... me to talk about. And I mm -hmm, just want you mm -hmm, to know in mm -hmm, advance, mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. opposed to just coming out with it, which may be more shocking if you weren't given that heads up. Yes. I love everything you're saying. So I, am... and I love everything you're saying. I love because, everything you're saying. Thank you. Because this is um, art imitating life or life imitating art right now. I mean, it never, the, 
just because, again, I say, just because you do get into um, a relationship where you get married, you know, you still come to the table with your stuff. You know, you still come to it with who you are and, and the baggage you bring. And I forgot when I was going to my train of I think that if you pref- if you preface it, if you preface it with what it is that you are about to say, knowing that the person might take it the wrong way if you didn't set it up properly i think you are hedging your bet and enabling the conversation to kind of you're controlling it more okay Mm Hmm. yes robbie sharf i just i want to just piggyback on what you just said because Mm -hmm. great point because here's the best thing you can do in my opinion you tell your partner date the person whoever you're dating or married to you say I feel really very. I feel very vulnerable ex, uh, expressing this, or communicating this, or sharing this with you. Here's here's what's going on with me. Here's what I've dealt with. Here's what I can promise you. I'm on it. I'm working on it. I'm addressing it. I'm attending to it. That way, it's my work. You know, I ultimately it is. It's your personal work, right? But it, there's something very empowering about sharing it with someone. And saying, hey, you, I'm letting you in on something that I am on. And this is my journey. And just want to let you know and heads up. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And I think the other thing that this does, it, it, it invites that other person to meet you on that level. So whether or not they will is another thing. But it gives that other person the permission. Oh, wow. She's really, you know, bringing her guard down. And I can, I can see that this is challenging for her but she's going there anyway maybe i can do the same yeah and i think i'm sorry i think that it's really important for the receiver at that point to acknowledge that this is a heads up and i'm not going to be judgmental like i normally would be if i didn't get the heads up and i would think of her as being oh god that's that was a little um too personal or something Uh, but by sharing with me that it's going to be personal and she's having a difficult time with it I am now prepared for almost anything and I can kind of hold back and give a, a, a response that is more uh, nuanced possibly for her to appreciate and for the relationship to kind of grow a little bit more as opposed to uh, wither from that moment. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, but what the fuck do I know? No, uh, okay. Which... I had this so so here's another question for you Madeline having to do with trauma let's say just let's talk about trauma baggage childhood okay so you're you're letting someone in you're saying here's what I've experienced here's what I bring to this um and how do you not fear that oh fuck I've shared too I've overshared it's TMI and therefore I'm going to scare this person away how do you balance that Spoken from somebody who has experience in this situation. <laughs> okay, maybe I should ask Robbie Sharf that question. But what, Madeline, you know, I know you know what we're talking about here. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic question. So I think there's a couple of things because, yeah, you know, you want to be real about what's coming up for you and, and strengthen that connection in doing so. So I think it's helpful to to really be cognizant of the pacing of the dynamic. So if it's only been a couple months with this person, have they earned the right to hear your whole story? Um, you know, I've definitely made the, the mistake as well. And I think that this is something that anxious attached people tend to do is 
but you know, like I mean, word vomit all over you on day one, on date one, out of an attempt to think that that's going to bring us closer. But that can often be just like, whoa, 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 way too much. And so I think instead it's looking at what is coming up right here in this present moment context. And you can share a little bit of, you know, this is kind of a trigger for me, or this is a sensitive area. Um, and then, you know, as the dynamic develops and you continue building that trust and sense of security, then you can delve way more into the specifics of the situations and all of that. But I think it's, it's a sense of self-protection to be kind of incremental mm-hmm. with how mm-hmm. much you're parsing exposing. it out, parsing it out, mm-hmm. parsing and pacing, parsing and pacing, oh, I like attorneys that. at law, <laughs> right? Parse it and pace it, man. You can't unload everything. You can't, that's just, that will scare someone away for sure. A little bit of, you know, this is how you test it. This is how you test a relationship. And you need to push those uh, envelopes a little bit in these burgeoning relationships because you want to know, is this person for real? Is this person going to hang with me? Is this person going to run away? I need to know this. Right. And when is the right time? Well, maybe you you don't do it so immediately in front of the relationship, but you do it a couple weeks in, a couple months in. You want to definitely find out, okay, hmm, Mm -hmm. is this the right person for me? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, on that note, we are going to go to our last break. No way. Yes, we have to. Get out. Honey, it's it's just part of what happens. All right, we'll be right back with more Madeline Charles. And we are back. Okay, Madeline. Yes. Red flags. Let's oh, talk red yeah. flags. How do you know? How do you know you're with the wrong person? So I think there's a couple of things. I think, first of all, your body is a great source of intuitive wisdom, just neck down. Your body's going to tell you, right? When you're... When you're on a date with someone and, you know, this guy says something weird off or, you know, you can just feel that that connection is not solid, your body is going to tell you. And so I I really love educating women on how to develop those cues and really listen to it because I think what we do all too often is blow right past them, minimize them, you know, make excuses for them and kind of act like like little things that aren't a big deal really aren't there, but they add up. So I think as well, yes, I think as well, what we were talking about earlier of kind of parsing and pacing out little bits of your truth and just really paying attention and not in a testy way, but just being observant, you know? So if you've had a hard day at work and you, you openly share that, what kind of response do you get? If you share that you're not available because you're going to be out with your girlfriends, what kind of response do you get? And just really keeping your eyes and ears open to that and standing true to what you, you're you actually looking for. And so when you're authentic, it's like, okay, that actually doesn't match. That doesn't feel good. That is so true. I can't tell you how many times I had diarrhea because I was with the wrong guy. <laughs> I'm telling uh-huh. Yeah. But come on, Madeline, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know. You have a nervous stomach. I mean, hello. You, you, you you're still st- have a nervous your stomach. Body, th- your body tells you things. What? Listen to your body. But what? Okay. But honey, you still. Stomach aches, nervous you're, stomach. You're still a regular. Headaches. Right. No accident there, right, Madeline? Yes. And yes, absolutely. it's true. I mean, listen, I some people manifest their emotional stuff through their body. I'm one of those people. It just. I alone can fix it. Okay, please do. Okay. Next question, Madeline. At what point then? Okay, so let's just say you you you're getting the sense that this you're the person. It could be a guy or a girl, right? Um, 
it's just not doing the job and it's just not um, making you feel safe and secure and loved or what at what point do you call it quits mm. I think it's fair to give give a you know, give a few days to really kind of feel someone out make sure that you're getting past your kind of first jitters but I think it's also important to pay attention to you know after after a couple of dates, you're going to have the sense of if this person is really showing up for you, like you shouldn't have to be the one reaching out to check in, wondering when you're going to see each other again. It should be very clear that not only is this person following through, really showing up, but doing so with a sense of care and compassion and also just curiosity for you, you know, that they're genuinely interested in getting to know you and not just kind of fitting you into whatever box they're trying to fill. And so I think that we can save ourselves a lot of time and heartache and confusion by really paying attention to those red flags. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing them up and seeing, is this something that, that's reconcilable or is this just an absolute deal breaker? And then having the self-trust to call it quits and, and stay away, <laughs> you know, and trust that that you're making space for that right person to come in. Are you involved with somebody now? I think you mentioned you had a partner. Yes. Okay. And how long has this been going on? Uh, so it'll be our one year anniversary next week. Congratulations. Thank you. And is it an interesting experience doing what you do for a living and being in a relationship? <laughs> you know, I, I am very grateful that my partner, Sean, is he's so cool with me kind of using our relationship and my lived experiences as a teaching platform. Um, so <laughs> Does he feel like a guinea pig? Or a hamster on the wheel? Does he know or? we're talking about him right now? <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Case study. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Let's just let's just call it what it is. You are so effective because of your teaching platform, because of who you are and what you bring to your practice. I mean, right? I feel that way. I feel like I'm that much more qualified to help others because I have struggled. I was I've walked in their shoes. A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. So. I think that, you know, my partner, Sean gets that. And, and so I appreciate his support around that. And I think that, yeah, I think that because he sees me try to walk my talk as much as possible, um, I think that that helps, you know, it helps to have that congruence between what happens behind closed doors with us and what he sees me sharing publicly. So when did you know that you were simpatico with him? or he was with you at this point, so that you, you felt that he was also being his authentic self with you? Uh, well, you know, actually going back to the, the whole body cue thing. So I had shared earlier that part of my journey was kind of going cold turkey from all of the guys that I was in this like yo-yo dynamic with. And I remember, so Sean and I met through online dating and we had briefly talked, set up a date to meet. And I kind of had this feeling of like, and, you know, reading his profile, and I actually haven't shared this yet. Love you, Sean, if you're listening. But I read his profile, and I was like, eh, like, I don't know that I'm like, oh, my God, this guy. But I was like, what the heck? I'm feeling, like, non-attached to, you know, the outcome. I'm, you know, he sounds interesting. I don't know if the sparks are quite there yet. I'll give it a date and see what happens. But I still was very much caught up in this back-and-forth, push-pull, toxic dynamic with someone else that had been going on forever. And I kind of felt like, you know, 
I don't know if anything's going to happen with Sean, but he deserves for me to show up with kind of a clean slate and just not having these these extra energetic ties to someone that I deep down know it's not actually going to go anywhere. And so uh, like a week before Sean and I were going to meet, I met up with the guy that it was this back and forth thing with and you know, face to face was just like, we're done. I am not available for this anymore. And that gave me a huge boost of empowerment and confidence. And I think that I was able then to show up with that date with Sean of with just like big open eyes, just like clear heart and just kind of being like, all right, let's just see what happens here. And he made me feel so comfortable and at ease and was just very much attentive, like really wanted to get to know me. And that had been so different from what I had experienced before of feeling like I was just convenient for someone amen sister i'm curious was was sean your type physically or not (laughs) and i'm asking i'm asking for a specific reason because in our shows we're trying to let people know do things differently in order for a different result go against type it's okay you might be very surprised if you say yes to somebody that is not necessarily your first, second, third choice in a physical characteristic that you enjoy. So try something different and you might achieve a very different result. So that's what I was asking. That is exactly right, yeah. <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> that was easy. Okay, so we've covered a lot today. Talking about attachments, by the way, Madeline, you must be totally intuitive or my psychic friend because we the, the topic of attachment theory has been front burner hot topic wow the last last couple weeks and i'm sitting here looking at my husband who and you know our story we did not get married until we were in our 50s yeah i was and much older than so i am i am such a seeker you know i'm always i'm on a path to for self enlightenment and uh empowerment and I kind of know my shit, and I'm at one with it. I own it, and I, I can speak about it. And this is what helps me be a good coach, right? You know, because you went through this, correct? You're, you oh, went yeah. through it. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sitting here looking at my husband, who was not, he was 56 when I met him, right? Mm-hmm. You were 56. <laughs> can you say that you have a secure attachment style? Or because you, me? Robbie, yes. Can you say, that you might not be a little avoidant did you were, did you have moments of kind of avoidance where you you were not maybe not afraid of intimacy but weren't maybe a little commitment phobic you didn't want to get that close you weren't you were so independent that you were fine being without anybody yes i was fine being without anybody i i was never commitment phobic i just felt that i will commit when i feel like committing and it took me meeting you until I felt that way, honestly. Because everybody before that, I obviously didn't feel that way about. So that is also the correct answer to why didn't you get married earlier? Well, it, it didn't happen. I didn't feel it. Why so, should I? Okay. And I don't, I don't treat that as a negative. And I think that, you know, there's a stigma attached to guys that aren't married by the time they're in their 50s. And sometimes they just haven't met the person. But the people want to put a stigma on them as if, what's wrong with you? You know, something's the matter with you, obviously. 
But you know, and and I think that there probably is did. a lot of guys that there is something wrong with. Okay, but you but you didn't feel there was anything wrong I never, with you. No, of course. There not. was not one minute no. where you thought, hmm, maybe I should see a therapist. I'm not married yet. I do I have no, problems? I do I have issues? A, what was, are my issues? There's never a priority. So I, I just realized when it happens, it'll happen, and let it happen organically and naturally, and uh, I will not fight it. I will recognize it. Hopefully, the opportunity when it's there, uh, and I'm open to it. And that's the thing. I never, I didn't want to pursue it, but if it happens, wonderful. Okay, so crazy question, Madeline. Can you be a secure attachment type and yet and be avoidant at the same time? Like Robbie seems to be, kind of has a little of both. Like he's so secure that he doesn't need it. Mm, is that even mm-hmm. is that even possible? Yeah, you know, there's definitely spectrums of all of the attachment styles where you can have like a little flavor of both. It almost sounds like a little bit of like ambivalence. <laughs> That's what I think I was hearing. So here's the thing with secure. I mean, it's those are the people that do tend to settle early and settle long. So they're just kind of, you know, they're not nitpicky. They're not they're not running for the hills. They're just kind of like, yeah, this person, you know, we kind of click and, and that's it. So even if someone does have a touch of avoidance or ambivalence, they can still scoot closer to secure. And so sometimes, you know, they're they are secure, but they had other priorities in their life that they wanted to focus on and exactly. and get settled that was me okay good answer and that unfortunately brings us to our final answer because we have to wrap up the show this has been a fast moving hour it has been madeline tell us how everybody can find you online yeah so i am at madelinecharlescoaching.com as well as facebook and instagram i would love to connect with you all that would be great i I highly recommend it yes uh, you you know your shit, girl. All right, Madeline, thank you so much. This has just been an enlightening hour. And, it's been uh, fantastic. Yes, and uh, we want everybody to go out there and be their authentic self more than they think they've been. Right? Because you can be. Yeah, yes. take, take a deep breath and let it rip, people. <laughs> but And then you will achieve... I love, love you, you, honey. I love, love you, honey. you so much. Okay. Madeline, we love you too. I love you guys. Thank you. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much, everybody. We are done being single. Yes. And hopefully you are too. All right. Bye-bye. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends, Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. <laughs> <laughs>